sauce, pass, 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 pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi everyone, it is Nina. Welcome to Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. She is Asian British, but I feel like that sounds grammatically wrong. Like, like what what would you say? Would you say Brit- British Asian or? Yeah, I would say, yeah, Asian, British Asian. Yes. <laughs> British Asian. We have Susie on the podcast. Hi, Susie. Welcome hi, to the podcast. Hi, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. So me and Susie, we actually met back in Vietnam when we were doing a work away in Hoi An. So we're, we met on our travels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was it was so cool because, like, you know, obviously you're Asian, but then you, like, have this super beautiful voice <laughs> and I could listen to you talk all day. But I wanted to know what it was like, like, growing up in the UK for you. Um... Well, growing up in, the, up in the UK, I grew up in a really small town called Portsmouth, and I was like the only Asian girl. So I always <laughs> felt really, I always felt really different, and I actually really hated it. Sounds really bad, but like, I did not enjoy being Asian <laughs> when you were younger. Yeah, and I feel like I always tried to hide it, even though like physically, yeah, like <laughs> I am Asian. But I mean, do you know what I mean, Nina? I. Like, I, I idea yeah say like food wise like culture wise I would kind of like ignore it a lot I guess in my life like you would say like you like eating like fish and chips more than you would like eating like rice or something yeah yeah because I remember (laughs) kids at school be like what do you eat at home like as if it was like I was eating something disgust did you never get that Um, I when I was younger, I grew up in like a very Asian heavy area, so all the yeah. kids were bringing rice. It wasn't until I was a teenager though that that my Asianness, like I knew I was Asian, you know. But yeah. like you knew from the get, like so they would ask you, and then how would you respond to that? Because you're a kid, right? Like you're just like, why is this, this kid asking me all these questions? I'm just like, yeah, like I eat all this white food, like. <laughs> Like McDonald's, I don't know, like what kind of things they, eat. you know, those. Do you get them in Canada? Like those Lunchables. Yes, I love the Lunchables. And like you can make your own sandwiches. Yes. And so, like, yeah, when I when I used to go to school, I'd be like, Mom, can you just like pack me like normal food? Like, <laughs> Mom, not the noodles today. It's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> At home, we'll eat the noodles. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd be like, Mom, just make me like a sandwich, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess your friend circle was very like white, or or what did what did it look like in in the UK in Portsmouth, like the the racial makeup, I guess. Well, I guess like where I I think there were like two other Asians. There was another Thai girl, and another like Chinese girl. But like all my friends were predominantly white. Yeah, white the typical blonde <laughs> white girl. I was like. But as I grown up, it's quite changed. Like all my friends are quite diverse since I've like moved to London. Oh, so it's a bit. It's very multicultural. They are nice. How did your parents end up in the UK? Um, my parents ended up in the UK. Like they came. Actually, they went to Amsterdam first, <laughs> and then they moved um to the north of England, and then they moved down to Portsmouth. Um, they never actually gone through the whole background of it, to be honest. Because we're in my family, it's like I don't know. We're quite. I'm not very close to my family, and we don't really talk about. Like, really? 
and, things and you like ne- that. you never asked them or anything? Like, yeah, like... Well, it's for me, I find communication like a problem in my family because, like, my mom and dad they speak very basic English, so yeah, I do find it hard to communicate. I don't know if your family do they speak like fully Vietnamese or they have they are they good to, yeah. This is, like, this is one thing I, like, really resonate with when I talk to other, like, Asian Western people, um, is, like, we, almost all of us have language barriers with our parents. Yeah. Which is, like, right? Which is, like, what white people don't have, and then what Asians in Asia also don't have. Mm. Right? So it's, like, so it's kind of, like, we grow up here, and then, like, even if I wanted to talk to to my dad about, like, philosophy or, like, (laughs) politics, like, there's no way I could. Right? And, And vice versa. Yeah. So so besides like being Asian and we don't really communicate with our families, even if we wanted to, we couldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and so I as I grew up, I I was really frustrated by that. Like I don't know, it's so hard when you want to talk to your parents about something or just like simple things like, "Oh, can you help with my homework?" and you have no one to ask. Mm-hmm. So I grew up being kind of like exactly. resentful, I guess, when I was younger, like, "Oh, why can't my parents just speak English?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely felt that way. Or like, um, I don't know if your parents are like this, but like I grew up mostly with my dad and he would like when we would go to the grocery store and he would get like really impatient, he would like cause a huge scene like at the, the grocery store and be like, why aren't there enough cashiers? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, and, I, and I literally would just be so embarrassed and be like, oh, my God, like I feel like a white parent would never do this. But my dad is like straight from Vietnam and like is causing this giant scene. But 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 are your parents like that? Because I know that the stereotype is like British people are so proper, right? <laughs> Yeah, like, I do find my mum quite loud and rude sometimes, <laughs> but I, I don't think she means to be, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> it's just the culture in Asia, like, that's normal, Yeah, it's right? just a culture, yeah. Man. But I think as I've grown on, un, older, I kind of understand it a bit more, like, why my parents do these things. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, like, in the... Whenever I watch, like, British TV shows, I find that... British shows are so multicultural, like they're so diverse, right? Is that represented? What do you watch? (laughs) No, I feel like you guys have a lot more like famous black actors and then like, or even you have the show, um, it's Warriors, right? That's a, that's a British show, is it? I'm, I'm bad. I'm I'm bad at TV programs. I don't watch too much TV. (laughs) Uh, uh, But is the, I guess the racial landscape in the UK is it quite diverse because that's the that's what I get when I talk to people but I've never been to the UK so I have no idea like what London looks like yeah Yeah, I feel like in London it's very multicultural but like if you go outside of it it's not so much okay Um, but TV wise I I, yeah I guess I can agree with you there's a lot more black people represented in TV but there's like not many Asians like our kind of Asians Mm-hmm. Our kind of Asians. Like, do you mean like, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, if I say Asian in the UK to other people, they think of Indians or like Bangladeshi that... people. Yeah. So, wait, so what do they call like Chinese Asians? We were talking about this the other day. They say, well, my friend was like, is Oriental offensive? And I said, to me, I don't find it offensive, but I can see it it being offensive to other people like you guys when you say asian you refer to like people from india or from bangladesh in america and canada indian and bangladeshi people like south asians are always like quote-unquote like kicked out of asia 
So whenever you say Asian here, you uh-huh. literally only mean um, East Asian. So like Chinese, Korean, Japanese. Like even like Southeast Asian isn't really yeah. considered in the Asian group. Whereas so it's like completely the opposite in the UK, which I find so interesting. Um, we would never use the word Oriental as well because if you use that word here, I think people would like lose their shit. <laughs> and be like, how dare you? <laughs> so the, so. But I don't know, like, the background behind it. Like, is it derogatory? Um, I didn't really study, like, race or anything that much. But I would say, like, I think the Mm. reason they say it's derogatory is because uh, Oriental kind of refers to, like, objects, like furniture or, like, art. And then they're like, but I'm a human, right? That's true. I guess that's kind of the argument behind it. (laughs) So so I know you, uh, when we met in Vietnam, you were telling me about how you have this jewelry line and you you started this this business and I thought it was so cool because you're 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 quite young Susie you're like 23 right no Nina you always think I'm so young I'm 26 you're 26 (laughs) okay okay you 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 look like a sweet little baby I know okay okay so but yeah that's still so young and then you when you were telling me about I was like oh my god she's like like starting a business like that's amazing because I know in you know when we're in Vietnam like entrepreneurship is a real thing like everyone is a business owner right Mm. like everyone has like their own like coffee stand or the little 12 year old girl is selling bracelets like that's normal but you know back in the west like in Canada um it's not common for people like I don't know under the age of like I would even say like 35 to start a business and here mm. you are, like, in your early 20s. Early 20s, I'm just going to say that now. Uh, <laughs> and you started your own business. So can I ask you, like, um, when did you know or how did you get the idea to to start, like, a business? Well, I've actually always kind of had, like, entrepreneurial kind of attitude to everything. Like, how do I make money? And, like, <laughs> my mindset, like, started when I was about 17. I always wanted to have my own business. And, um... I used to buy clothes at the charity store. I think you guys call them thrift stores. Thrift stores? (laughs) Yeah. Call it charity stores? Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I used to sell clothes a lot, a lot, and be able to make some money from that. Um, I remember the first time I ever sold anything, I bought this, like, Chanel cardigan for three pounds, and I sold it for, like, over a hundred and uh-huh. that's when I realized I could like sell clothes. Yeah, and that's always been my passion in life. Like I've always just loved like finding gems and being able to like sell them on. Like flip them. Yeah, kind of flip them. So I do eventually want to kind of recycle clothing into new clothing. <laughs> in terms of my jewelry business, I don't know how it started. I remember I was just like sitting in my room whilst I was traveling <laughs> and my and like like whenever I buy rings they always turn green Mm. and it really irritated me and I just wanted like high quality Mm jewellery and then yeah I kind of just wrote this plan Um, I went to Bali I sourced a few silversmiths there kind of told her what I wanted to do and she made them yeah and then I just kind of created them like oh my god um, but I think the problem with me is like I really suffer from imposter syndrome I don't know if you've heard of it I've heard of it can, can you but can you explain it to me as if I don't know yeah explain it to people that don't know what it is it's just like when you really doubt yourself like even though you have achieved something before like you still don't feel like you're good enough mm-hmm. so 
That's why I only just like posted about them the other day because I was like, oh, people are going to think I'm so stupid. Like my ideas are stupid. Oh, wait, you only posted I don't know, about like, your jewelry stuff like just a couple like couple weeks ago? Yeah, like I only just posted about it. Like I've had it ready for like I'm pretty sure for about a year now. Over a year, yeah, because we've met like a, a year ago, and you and I knew about it then. Whoa! And then yeah, I just kind of lost faith in it for a while what, what do you what do you mean I'm quite I'm really like a perfectionist so when I've been doing it like simple things such as this such as the design of things I like if it's not right I don't want to talk about like tell everyone about it until it's like perfect like the way you talked about it you like you make it sound so easy right you're like yeah like I was tired of my jewelry looking like this so then I just went to Bali and I sourced some like uh silversmiths silversmiths yeah then you like source them and you show like you make it sound so easy because I know for a lot of people yeah. a lot of things that stop them from doing things is like anxiety and fear mm-hmm. and like the unknown right like you're you're not you're not Indonesian I'm not Indonesian and then you just went to Bali <laughs> and you did this like did you grow up having anxiety and fear because it sounds like you're quite a brave and confident person do you think <laughs> no, i'm totally. actually probably like, the most you're... anxious person oh, you're so <laughs> hardcore are you kidding <laughs> i'm so i don't know why people have this perception they're like oh like you're so brave like going solo traveling yeah, totally. doing this like and i'm just like really i guess i don't see it as like fearless i don't know and of course like yeah of course i've struggled along the way and it's not been easy like with the jewelry thing um with the jewelry thing there were so many things that went wrong like i couldn't really communicate with um the lady i was working with so i but i managed to overcome that google translate um and some of the rings they weren't the right size and like i wasn't able to print things and also when i was trying to get the um, packaging posted to Bali that took forever yeah there's so many things that go wrong but you just gotta keep on going <laughs> when you were uh, getting in touch with like the silversmiths in Bali like obviously you don't speak like Indonesian mm. um, did you have like an Indonesian like friend or partner that helped you translate because it sounds like you just kind of did it all by yourself with your phone Google Translate yeah I literally just did it by myself I went online You're and I so remember brave. oh my god thank you Nina but I don't oh think god. so I just went online <laughs> and I kind of typed in like silversmiths in Bali um, I did a few jewelry courses out there just to like kind of learn how to make jewelry um yeah and they didn't really in bali Mm. yeah and then i just um yeah use google translate and kind of like use your kind of hands i guess kind of how to try and explain to her and i showed her pictures oh my god i yeah i really think you you might have like the worst case of imposter syndrome i've ever met because you were so hardcore you were so brave like holy crap because people when i talk to people they're like wow nina you're so brave you like do this and i'm like no no no, i'm a, a huge pussy like like totally <laughs> but like that's me <laughs> no but like i i don't think i could ever do like what you've done like like just go to a country like i know nothing of, even in vietnam like when i went to vietnam i tried to start a business when i was in vietnam as well like i wanted to do some like tutoring like teaching english like thing on my own but i'm vietnamese and i speak vietnamese and i still couldn't figure out how to get it started right 
Um, and then I eventually I just gave up. But for you, like you, this complete foreigner, and you you did it, and you're rolling with it. So can I ask, like, um, how's it how's it going so far? You said you just posted the thing. You posted uh, about your jewelry line recently. Yeah, I've just posted it. I'm kind of getting back onto it. Um, I'm going to create a website soon, and then kind of promote it that way. Get on social media, mm. and just yeah, just kind of market it more. Cool. Like so, um, have you told your parents about this endeavor? No, I haven't. And my parents, I think my <laughs> my parents must think. I think they just think I do nothing. Like. <laughs> They must think you do nothing because if you don't talk to them about it, they're like, "What is she doing?" It's true. I'm like, how how are they expected to know if I don't tell them? But like, my mom is like very highly critical, so I feel like I feel like even if I told her, she wouldn't feel like it's a great thing to do. Like, it's not good enough for her, for her. Um, because oh yeah, that's how I feel like she would feel. <laughs> Man. So do you think you'll you'll tell them eventually? Nah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because even when I told my mom about when I used to sell clothes and stuff, she would be like, this is such a stupid idea. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? I've uh, I've had experience uh with that. Not like to your level, but I also love shopping at charity shops, uh thrift mm. stores. And I remember once I saw do you know do you know the brand TNA? No. <laughs> Okay, so like in, it's a band from that uh, a a brand from Vancouver, and it's like super famous. Uh, it's from the store Aritzia. Have you heard of Aritzia? No. <laughs> okay, 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 maybe they're not that big yet. But in Vancouver, it's like yeah. I always make the joke when I have friends visiting from other cities or countries that come to Vancouver. I go, to, I take them to Aritzia, and I'm like, every single bitch in Vancouver owns at least one piece of clothing from this store. Like it's just such a it's a thing here, right? And then so I was at a thrift store, and I found this one like piece of clothing from that store like brand new and it was like seven dollars and i was like oh that's so cheap because the 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 sweater goes for like eighty dollars in the store and then i bought it and then i put it on craigslist and i was like brand new blah 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 and i sold it for thirty dollars and then i made so i made like 20 something dollars from it and i was like oh my god i could do this but again like i don't have the drive and the passion that you do for business and then i I did that like once or twice and then i just never did it again even though i still shop at thrift stores regularly i go like all the time Um. (laughs) so I, i feel like you have this such a strong passion for um entrepreneurship uh do you know where you got it from like because you said you knew like you're always like from a young age you wanted to start a business I really don't know where I got it from I think it just happened <laughs> yeah yeah because when I started selling stuff I didn't really see it as like a big thing and um then I started like seeing celebrities wearing certain things and then I would search for it for an eBay. And obviously some people don't know that these celebrities were wearing these dresses or whatever. So they were going for really low. So then I would oh. buy them and then sell them on for so yeah. much more. But like, I never really saw it as a business or anything. But now thinking about it, like... <laughs> I love it. You're just so like naturally like an entrepreneur, like a naturally a businesswoman. No, because I, I feel like... Yeah, like I don't really see myself as it, but... I think I need to be more motivated these days. I think, like, in society, we're kind of told, like, oh, entrepreneurs, like, not... I don't know, unless you're really successful, then, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. But even if it's small, people don't deem you as, like, an entrepreneur, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. I think it's... 
I think I don't know if it's like an Asian thing or if it's just like in general, but I feel like Asians we're we're so hard on ourselves, yeah. right? Like, cause even if we bring home like a straight A report card and there's like maybe one B, then our parents like flip out. It's like, why is there a B here? Even though you're bringing home a straight A report card, where I um have heard when I was in high school from my white classmates, if they brought home a report card that had all Bs, their parents would be thrilled mm. and so happy. Right. So so I feel like with uh, maybe like white people, they would feel more confident calling themselves entrepreneurs, starting something. Whereas like in a- like Asians, we're like, we have to have like a huge company before. We can, yeah, like, that's how I see myself. Woman, yeah, right? <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's like so much pressure. I, I think you're definitely Aww. a businesswoman. You totally have that mindset. And I feel like a lot of Asian women in general, like especially because we're Asian. So we're seen as like the most feminine and weak yeah. of like the other races of women I find right mm-hmm. um and then to to take on like such a masculine role like business yeah. owner I feel like we feel like an intense form of of uh imposter syndrome but you shouldn't feel that at all man like <laughs> I'm so impressed by you I'm so inspired Aww. by you like I've I've I think you're the first uh you're the first person I'm the first like Asian woman I met that like at such a young age is doing this kind of thing it's amazing but Nina if you think about it you're doing a podcast so you have the drive <laughs> and passion for this and it could turn into something big so you're an entrepreneur in yourself you oh just don't see it <laughs> uh, oh my god you're so sweet you're honestly so sweet. Like, no one listens to me <laughs> honestly like it takes a lot of drive to even start it like you've started your podcast Nina Mm. so you should congratulate yourself oh my god (laughs) thank you Susie you're so sweet I miss you so much by the way (laughs) (laughs) I think with the podcast I because yeah I I, like I had some entrepreneurship on whatever business tendencies Mm. when I was younger I remember uh do you you remember those like foam strips and then you can fold them into like a rose yeah yeah I yeah I know what you mean yeah Right? So that was really popular when I was like uh, 11 years old or something. And then my brother would take me to the mall and then I would buy the pack. I think a pack would be like $6. And then I would just like make like a bouquet of like foam <laughs> roses for fun. And I really enjoyed it. And then I realized like I had all these um, foam rose bouquets all over my room. <laughs> like, And then I I brought it to school one day and it was like close to Mother's Day. or uh, Yeah, Mother's Day. And then I was like telling my classmates, I was like, look, Mother's Day is coming up. I'll sell you this bouquet for like $10. You can give it to your mom, right? Because I'm like already thinking like people don't want to buy this. But if I sell it in a certain way, it's like, hey, it's Mother's Day. You love your mom. You can show your mom you love her with this. And I actually did sell some foam uh, bouquets. And I did that when I was like, oh, I think it was like grade five even. Yeah, it was actually grade five. So I was 10 years old. <laughs> That's so yeah. cute. And then I went home and I told my brother, I was like, yo, I made 10 bucks today. Look at that. Blah, blah, blah. I sold my foam roses. So I, I, yeah, maybe it's like a Vietnamese thing because Vietnamese people were always trying to like make money and survive and, and like kind of like cut corners a little bit. Um, maybe not do things like very like legally, but yeah, I don't know what happened after the drive kind of came down. But yeah, I do. I love talking to people and I was like, a podcast is a great idea. And, and I think part of the reason I started the podcast too was like when I was traveling, I would meet so many interesting people. 
right? Because yeah, like if you stay in like London or if I stayed in Vancouver, like everyone here, they think the same. Mm. Right? Like we're all in the same place. We're locals, and um, because we're from the West, right, Canada and England, we we think we're better than other people, right? Like there's no country better than Canada. There's no country better than blah blah blah, right? Yeah. So when I was actually traveling, I was like, you meet so many interesting people, so many interesting stories, and I was like, wow, if I had never left Vancouver, I would just be stuck in this. <laughs> one mindset yeah and I was like I, I want to get these stories out there to share and then I get to meet you and and you're like a young entrepreneur uh, and then we met Bibi uh, yeah. also in Hoi An who has like the craziest life stories yeah. about like oh my gosh she has the craziest life like oh man I need to I need to get you need, her on. yeah you need Jesus. her yeah she has the craziest story when she went to um she tried to uh, sneak into What's that? What's that place that? Oh, Palestine. Oh yeah, I think yeah. she might have told yeah, me. Yeah, did, did she tell sure. you that story? It rings a bell. Oh man, <laughs> it was it was crazy. So, but yeah. Oh, can I ask them? So you decided to live in Vietnam mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, can I ask why why you picked Vietnam and what you thought about Vietnam? Well, I literally came to Vietnam because I was in Hong Kong for a wedding and I was like, where can I go that's really cheap from Hong Kong? (laughs) And I literally just booked a one-way flight there and I never expected anything. I just went there. And there's a co-working space called The Hub and I met so many great people there and I decided to stay there. Also all entrepreneurs. You know about it, right? Oh my gosh. No, I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a, the hub. It's a co-working space in Hoi An. How did you not hear of it? I swear I must have mentioned it to you. <laughs> no, because we only met for like two days. Uh, yeah, that's true, And then I had to leave actually. like right after. That was so tragic. So yeah, I've never heard oh, yeah. of it. Okay. It's a co Yeah, so everyone there was entrepreneurs and they're all starting something. Um, oh yeah, and I met so many Can- great people. And then that's why I decided to stay there for a while. <laughs> nice. Uh, can you give me some examples of what kind of startups the, the people at the hub were doing? Like what kind of businesses? Um, let me write. Some of them were just remote workers. So I had a friend who she was just working as a social media marketer. Um, I also had another friend who was starting an Amazon FBA business. Ooh. And there were a few people there who were like online therapists and developing apps. Oh, nice. Wow, just a, a variety of yeah. of different jobs. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when I kind of got the sense that, yeah, I should also start something. Yeah, I, I love that. I remember when we did meet, um, like, because when we were in Hoi An together, we did a work away where we had to, like, write for this online blog, like a local blog. And one of my assignments was to, like, review like vegan food in Hoi An right so I was like being told to go to like these random Mm -hmm. vegan restaurants and there was this one I went to um Nourish and when I went there like I spoke Vietnamese when I went there right I was like okay can I get a seat for one person and I spoke to this Asian girl and then she looked at me she's like I don't speak Vietnamese and I was like what and then I was like okay and then I I asked in English and then uh she took my order blah, blah blah and then I asked her I was like does anyone here speak Vietnamese? And she's like, she's like, no. And then I was like, what? And then when I met the owner and then I found out he's like a guy from like the Netherlands or something. And I was like, Frank. Yeah, Frank. (laughs) Shout out to Frank from Nourish. Um, cool like uh, it was so brave starting a business in Vietnam so so it's like these young people from around the world right he's young too I think he's like 25 or something right 
Yeah, I think he's 25. Super young guy. um, Moved from the Netherlands to Vietnam, literally opened his own restaurant, and no one there speaks Vietnamese. (laughs) Like, and and he's making a business in Vietnam. So it's, I feel like um, maybe we're in like a time that's changing that it's like young people find it more possible to kind of start their own businesses because we're breaking out of that like graduate university, get a job work at that company until you retire because now when I graduated university and a lot of my friends we couldn't find work in our field like people just weren't hiring and I think because of that Mm. lack of like people hiring we're almost being forced to like start our own businesses because we need to survive and eat somehow yeah yeah so yeah and I think now though we have so many resources to start a business like social media if you have an idea and post it on there I mean you can kind of get the ball ro- rolling exactly. from there like you have all these marketplaces online like Etsy, eBay, mm-hmm. Depop you can start stuff I love it so um yeah so when we were in Vietnam um so now you are back in the UK yeah unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too I'm back in Canada um it like I moved back in July. Mm. Uh, when did you move back to the UK? Um, like mid November. Yeah, mid November. Okay. Yeah. So so what happened? Why did you make the the move back home? I was just struggling with the instability in my life. Like I was living in Vietnam for four months, and I went to Bali. Then I went to Thailand for two weeks, and it was just like I just need somewhere I can be some like be in one place because it actually gets really tiring having to move around all the time and kind of not knowing exactly where you want to go like which direction mm-hmm. you need want to go but then I kind of came to the conclusion that yeah I'm going to London I'm going to find a job in the field I want to work in so I want to find a job within social enterprise and startups um, and I feel like London is the place to be and then I can get some money from that and then also be able to work on my jewellery thing and clothing. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I can develop professionally and then kind of kind yeah. of do a year, I guess, here and then go off again. And yeah. Oh, nice. So you do have plans to like go go off again. Like you're not going to stay in London permanently. I don't know. I'm the type of person I can't be in like one place for so long, especially if you live in London. It's like quite mm-hmm. hardcore. I feel like sometimes it can feel you feel very isolated and you kind of feel like you're working so much. You don't have a life. And I, I yeah. for me, like I just it's actually scares me like to think that maybe in a few years time when I'm old, like, oh, I just wasted my 20s just working and not enjoying oh. life. Yeah, do you ever yeah, live yeah I, like the it scares totally. me so much like I don't know for me I just want to live a life where I feel passionate about things and not just do mm-hmm. stuff for the sake of having money or like exactly status. Paying rent and yeah. status exactly yeah. I totally feel the same way but it's it's hard because like I, I feel like obviously we're on the same page because we met in Vietnam on a work away and not not a lot of people do that kind of thing right yeah Um, so we're on the same page but then when we go like because I know for me moving back to Canada when I have like when I meet my friends here that I've been friends with since I was young like a lot of them they might not say it to my face but I can feel that they're just like what the fuck are you doing yeah I get that right you totally (laughs) since I've come back I get it yeah yeah right and then they're just like what have you been doing with your life like you are so unstable you bounce around and then now you're back here anyway like there's just a lot of judgment <laughs> judgment right for and sure I it's feel so you, Nina. it's oh it's so much so for me it's just been trying to like 
deal with that. And then I feel like I always have to like explain to my explain, friends. Explain, like, yeah. Explain yourself. It. It's just, I hate it. It's like, how do I explain to people that I find live like working a nine to five and moving up the corporate ladder a living hell? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how do you explain to them that there's so much more out there and you won't know unless you actually go and you meet these people? And then especially in like Southeast Asia, people don't really work nine to five. Like, of course, there are people that do, but a lot of them yeah. are like entrepreneurs and they work on their own schedule. Right. They work when they want to and mm. they they kind of create the life for themselves. Whereas, like, here, it's, like, if you're sick, you have to be, like, oh, do I have any sick days left? Like, am I allowed to be sick today? Right? So, it's, um... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a struggle being back. Yeah. How, how about you? What's it like being back? How have your parents uh, <sighs> uh, reacted to you being home? They're just, like, what the hell? Because I had to move back home for a while. And they're, like, why are you back? Like, what are you doing with your life? But I've actually been doing some remote work on the side. Um, so I do some awesome. social media marketing for someone in Hoi An at the moment. So I've just been working from home. But everyone just assumes that I just sit in my room and I'm not doing yeah. anything. And really? I feel like I have to constantly keep explaining to people, like, I am doing this. I'm doing that. And I hate it. But like, I mean, you always should just stay true to yourself and know what you want in life rather than let people's dictate how you should live. Exactly. Yeah, because I feel like we we got that our whole life, right? Like our parents are like, this is what you should do. Our teachers are like, this is how you should live. Media is like, this is what you should look like, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like when we break out of that and we do something unconventional, everyone is like a little bit like threatened almost. I get yeah yeah you get that right Mm. and it's just like I'm not trying to threaten you I'm just like I just don't subscribe to like conventional way of doing things because it's so boring and it makes me feel miserable yeah (laughs) I feel you (laughs) yeah I don't know (laughs) but but, like there's so many people like who think like us that's why I think when I, I enjoyed being abroad so much is that people get you whereas if you tell someone at home like oh I've just started this they're just like yeah good luck with that or like my brother actually right. he was like he was like oh you know like even if you start a business like most 95% of them will fail and I I just feel like that's not the right mindset to have you should always just like go for it go with yeah totally I think that's like a I don't want to it sounds like cheesy to say this but I feel like that's such a like it's a winner's mindset to think like that right because if you go yeah. into something being like I'm gonna lose I have 95% chance of failing then I know it like you you're not gonna like it's gonna affect how you run your business and stuff like that right and the thing yeah. is like even if you fail you still you don't really fail because you learn about business right you learn mm. about doing things right and you challenge yourself and I think what society forgets a lot now is like personal character development I feel like we like forget about that it's all about like professional development in the corporate world like looking very attractive here but it's just like I feel like a lot of people neglect their their own personality their their character yeah I feel like that, that might be that might be a reason why like our mental health um climate is like crazy right now right like so many people are on like antidepressants and stuff too and I think it's because they're neglecting like who they are and they're trying to subscribe to other people's ideals definitely right yeah Yeah. because before I had left to go to travel to travel actually I had a maybe like six months where I felt so down in life like I didn't know what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do and I felt like everyone Mm -hmm. did and I felt so depressed 
actually I think it's like one November I just started crying in the middle of like this yoga session and that's yeah and then I went home and I like rang um, a really good friend of mine and I kind of told people like I just feel so lost in my life like I'm not where I feel like I should be and so I that's why I kind of went solo traveling actually is not to find myself I guess but yeah Mm like just to kind of like figure out like who I am as a person like what do I enjoy out of life and exactly I I think that's that's uh I love that you said that because I feel like a lot of people are scared of solo traveling because when I talk to my friends here and I tell them my solo backpack you know what they say to me they're like the only reason you're going by yourself is because you have no one to go with if you had someone to go you would go with someone that's literally (laughs) their mindset and like anyone who's a solo backpacker would disagree completely completely and you know yeah like even when I went solo traveling in the end I didn't end up solo traveling because I met my boyfriend who is now my boyfriend so oh my god yay like it's um yeah because I think the mindset here or in Vancouver I'm just talking about like Vancouver and then my group of friends but yeah their their mindset is very narrow it's like you have to travel with someone and if you're a solo backpacker like that's weird and that's like so dangerous right but then they (laughs) and you know what the sad thing is they'll never experience like what solo backpack is like because they're too scared to do it because their mindset is so one track and like you said, when you solo backpack, that doesn't mean that you're literally by yourself all the time, no, everywhere, yeah. right? You meet other solo backpackers, you exchange stories, you exchange this and that. And, and I think it's, it's so cool. And you meet locals, right? Because when you're with a yeah. group of friends, you might just want to hang out with your group of friends. And you don't actually interact with any locals or talk to them on a personal or deeper level. Mm. But when you solo backpack, it gives you the freedom to do all of that, right? To talk to locals, to talk to other backpackers, to see what you want to see. And and it's, I don't know, I think it's so beautiful. I think more people yeah. should, should do it. I keep telling people you need to go solo traveling. Like, it's life changing. Yeah. <laughs> and you totally. kind of like build you kind of like build your own community I guess because you can choose who you feel like you want to hang out with you don't feel like Mm -hmm. obliged to hang out with them and yeah I think yeah I keep telling people to do solo traveling (laughs) it's not even scary (laughs) I think to some people it's really scary but you know Mm -hmm. you have to get over that fear totally and you know what I feel like people are so afraid to do scary things but then if then they never do it and then they just stay stuck in where they are right and I feel like people can't grow unless they're in uncomfortable positions Mm -hmm. because I think um I was reading this uh thing on reddit about some like navy officer like he was doing ask me anything and people were asking himself and then someone was asked him like what is something that people don't really know about the army or the navy or something right and then the guy responded saying like oh our mind and our body are capable of things that we can never even imagine and people just don't know that and we just need to like put ourselves in situations to kind of like unlock those kind of attributes or whatever and I feel like that doesn't apply for just army and navy it's just like humans in general right but but we need to put ourselves in situations that feel uncomfortable and then we'll realize how strong we really are (laughs) I think I think we make it sound so easy Nina because we've been on that journey but I mean obviously yeah it took me a long time to be confident as well like even before I went solo Mm -hmm. traveling I'm like what the hell am I doing but I think Mm -hmm. once you do it it kind of yeah and then you achieve something it feels so good 
It totally, yeah. I know, I know. I guess you're right. I guess we are making it sound like really easy because we're both like those type of people. Yeah, um, it ha- takes a certain type of person. <laughs> and I need to send you this article actually because it was saying how Please. yeah, it's it's there's a it's in our genes like why some of us crave travel so much and why other people feel like oh, comfortable okay. not traveling. Like there's it's some genetic thing. <laughs> Oh really? Oh man! Yeah, we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't spread that. We should tell everyone that they all can do it. It's not genetic. It's not biology. Just do it. But yeah, I think there's like t- certain types of people. Like some people enjoy like they thrive off like being uncomfortable. But some people, yeah. But I do get. Yeah, everyone oh, should get out that, of their comfort oh, zone. <laughs> totally. That I feel like that sounds like me. Like I think I thrive in like uncomfortable situations. I do, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, now that I think about it, I'm like the more uncomfortable I feel, like I don't know. I'm like this gives me power or something. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but this is the first time I've moved back home in like four years. So I actually haven't lived back home in four years. So I've been abroad in Asia for three years, and then another year yeah. in a different province in Canada. So I've actually yeah. lost uh, most of my friends here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it's funny, like my podcast is a great way for me to like meet new people and, and kind of like explain myself. Um, but I do find myself having trouble like kind of fitting in unless I'm meeting people that are like expats to Vancouver or like foreigners. But like with other locals, they're, they kind of look at me like I'm a super weird alien but uh, has fitting in when you're moving back been an issue and I'm guessing like you still have your group of friends or um so for a while I was at my parents and in my hometown I literally have no friends left here <laughs> like they've all oh my god yeah. yeah so I I felt really isolated um but I've been back and forth between here and London so I have yeah a lot of my friends live in London so I've just been catching up with them (laughs) oh Susie did you have like reverse culture shock when you went back (laughs) oh my god definitely definitely because you know like in in Asia um customer service isn't really a thing (laughs) right so I, I don't know how it is in the UK but like in Canada customer service is like super important and even more so in America. So I remember when I first came back uh, after living in Asia, like the cashiers would talk to me here, right? And I'd be like, whoa, what What the fuck is happening, <laughs> right? Because like in Asia, it's just like, they just tell you it's like five bucks, okay, mm. go away, right? But here it's like, how how are you doing today? And they actually like, look at what I'm buying at the grocery store. It's like, oh, you're going to make pasta? And I was like, why are you talking to me? So it took me like a month or two to kind of get used to like being Canadian again, I guess if that makes sense. <laughs> But, but did you feel that? Um, I don't know, actually. Like, when I came home, it just felt like I had never left. It's re- It was really weird. I don't know how to explain oh, okay. it. Like, you know what? But I, I think kind I know what yeah. you, you mean. Yeah. Like, mm. um, it, it, it almost feels like it didn't happen like our travels didn't happen like it's some distant memory even though I was like yeah. literally for me like less than half <laughs> a year ago and then for you just like a couple months ago as well. I know and it's gonna be weird though like when I find a nine-to-five job I don't know how I'm gonna handle it. <laughs> yeah so you were telling me you've been just like going to interviews and stuff like that. How has yeah. that been? Oh, I I haven't had an interview in about five years, so I've been quite nervous. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then, like, you said you haven't been in an interview in five years. So that does that mean you haven't like really written a resume in five years? Or? Yeah. 
Oh my god! I yeah, same. I hate it. I hate writing. I hate you know. I hate though is that you feel you're being judged from like a piece of paper. Like we are so much more than that. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. Like I, uh, because I I remember when I um was in Vietnam and I still had my like business mindset. Like I'm gonna run this business. I'm gonna open this like English school. Blah blah blah. And then I remember telling everyone I met, being like, I'm never going to write another fucking resume ever in my life again. And then fast forward, like, now I'm, like, writing a resume, like, please hire me, like, please take me in. Yeah, um, yeah but I think it, maybe it's the business uh, mindset. Maybe I should really start something, because I, I don't know about you, um, I would go to a lot of fortune tellers when I was in Asia, because <laughs> I find it, like, really fun, right? I was like, oh, tell me about me. And then every single fortune teller, like, 100%, I've Seen, like so many uh they're like you have to be a business owner like every single one because they're just like your personality you literally cannot work under somebody <laughs> and and I feel like that's uh that's kind of true well my thing is I feel like I can work under people if I feel like they're more intelligent than me and I can learn yeah from I agree that's totally. why I'm kind of looking totally. for somewhere where I feel like I'm gonna learn from people and then eventually yeah. can go on to do my own thing or like transfer totally. it into yeah my own business Exactly. But um, so far, you know, it's like, I feel like I haven't met a lot of, like, in general, like, managers that kind of, number one, know what they're doing. And like, that they can really teach me something valuable. Because I feel like a lot of uh, workplaces... It's just, like, uh, the least shittiest person gets promoted. Right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not even, like, the best person. It's just, like, the least shittiest. So, yeah, it's been kind of, like, annoying for me um, with, when it comes to work and things like that. But, but you, yeah, like, kind of what kind of jobs are you looking for, Nina? Oh, so I'm, I'm actually working right now. But before that, when I first got back, I was looking for, like, just regular office jobs just because mm-hmm. I was like, I just need to keep the lights on in my house. Yeah. Um, so I was working two minimum wage jobs, one retail job. I've never worked retail in my entire life. That was the mm-hmm. first time I was working retail at the age of 28. Like, I was like, what the fuck is my life? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously all my coworkers were like 18 years old. And I was like. <laughs> why is this happening and then so that was pretty like miserable but I was only doing it once a week uh, because I had a full-time job also minimum wage but I was working in the cannabis industry because ah. cannabis is legal in Canada now wow right so I was like oh cool it's legal right and then it was really close to my house so I started do I did that for a little bit um and then I was like oh my god I'm working like six seven days a week right being paid minimum wage um I'm really tired all the time and then I uh, talked to a good friend of mine from Toronto and he encouraged me to apply for other work because I, I was getting a little bit complacent right just working these minimum wage yeah, jobs like when you you're can so do busy more, and you're Nina. working <laughs> yeah right yeah so that's what he was saying as well and then I applied for a different job which is the job I'm working for now um the job itself is fine but again it is like an office job mm. And, you know, like, I don't know if I have that office job mentality where I'm like, okay, I'm going to work here, then I'm going to climb up the corporate ladder here, and then I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't really have that sort of mindset. Um, but for now, it's it's okay. But, yeah, I definitely do want to pursue more, like, yeah. artistic endeavors. Because I feel that. like you, you're like me, and I, I can only work in, like, a startup environment. And I think you should apply for oh. startups because people are, like, in oh our kind gosh. of mindset and they're open yeah. to, like, fresh ideas they're all pretty young and yeah 
you know what I'm gonna write that down yeah (laughs) so you should do that you should look into startups and then look at the culture of it and then like if it suits you Mm -hmm. then you should apply (laughs) okay okay I like that because I always look at a culture of a company whether I feel like I'm gonna fit in with the people whether I'm gonna learn yeah how do you look for the the culture of the company? Like, do you is this just on their website? And you get a sense of the. What you can like? kind of get a sense of it. I'll send I'll send you some examples of like the stuff I'm okay. applying for, and like you'll get yeah. where I'm coming from. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because I actually, when I was working at the cannabis production facility, I really liked the culture there. Like I, because yeah. it, it was a startup. Um, the only thing was they had no positions for for people that weren't, like, already in with the group. That's the only thing mm. I didn't like was because like, um, cause yeah, like I, I went to school. I have a lot of student loans I need to pay and minimum uh-huh. wage working alongside an 18 year old when I'm 28 is not going to cut it for me. Uh, and then I would ask continually to HR like, hey, I have a bachelor's degree. Like, do you have anything else? Like, I can do this. I can do that. But again, yeah, I guess maybe the culture wasn't that great because it was like very clicky. And I feel like a lot of workplaces yeah. are, are like that. Um, but yeah, I think I'll look into that because the, the place I'm working at now is very, they've been around for a long time. They've been around for like 50 years or something like mm-hmm. that. So, um, and the culture, it, it's quite like very traditional. Like I remember when I went in the office for the first time, I was like, this is what an office <laughs> looks like back in the eighties. And it like oh, has not no. changed in like 20, right. And I was like, I like they have no idea. <laughs> right. Say when I went there, I was like, this feels very like claustrophobic and you know, like new startups nowadays, everything is like open space right mm. everything's like open there's no cubicles like everyone has access to everybody and yeah. i and i like that kind of environment more Def- so. yeah so it's good to know that you do like that and you should apply for them because mm-hmm. i've worked in like local government and it was like an office that was like eight like an 80s kind of thing but then oh after that God, i knew right? i'd only wanted to work in startups and they always yeah. have such cool offices you should definitely look into it Neen. but i don't know what the job market is like in vancouver are you in vancouver i i am yeah yeah it's a i want to come to canada <laughs> come come to canada let's hang out oh my god i was looking at i was looking at tickets the other day and it come. was so cheap is it how much is it one way was like 150 pounds i don't know i think in dollars that's probably like 190 dollars maybe what are you talking about? Are you for sure? How it, it, how's that? It can't be that cheap. It was. No way. I, I I can't remember the name of the airline. I I actually looked yesterday. <laughs> so, oh my god, what? It was really cheap. Okay. Oh my god, I didn't know it was that cheap. If it's that cheap, you should definitely come. Yeah. You should come. We should hang out. Oh my god. Oh my god, I really want to come now. I think like yeah, no, maybe in, I think maybe in the summer. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, summer is so nice. Yeah, I can't deal with cold, and I think it's really cold there, isn't it? (laughs) Right now, it's okay. Um, Vancouver's the most mild in Canada. Um, I think right now, it's probably like five, seven degrees out. It's okay. Yeah, because I heard in Canada, it gets like below zero, and nope, (laughs) that's a no from me. (laughs) I I do miss Asia and the sunshine. (laughs) Oh my god, same. I felt like in Asia... Yeah, no, it's it's a little bit more dreary and, like, slow here <laughs> compared to Asia, for sure. I feel like I feel like a 40-year-old woman when I'm in Canada. <laughs> you know, I feel like a... I feel really old when I'm here. Oh. Oh, Susie, thank you so much for, like, catching up with me. 
This is great. That's cool. No, it's good to catch up. Yeah, I, I love it. I miss you. I, I love catch. Yeah, I miss you too. I love catching up with people I've met whilst I'm traveling. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, oh man. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening to Fast the Poutine Podcast. This is your host, Nina. And Susie, thank you for coming on so much. Thank you. <laughs> I'll see everyone on the next episode. Bye. Fast the Poutine.